Perhaps you have been there. You find a problem, do your research, figure out a solution, but you leave the idea behind because you might not have the technical skills to build the product. It's mostly the whole contracting process is, is us becoming a partner of our client and understanding exactly what they need. This is Jozef Maruszczak, leading business development at Pseudo Labs and previously the founder of CourtQuant, an AI-powered case prediction software. With his experience as a founder and current work at a software house, he is a great person to discuss the pros and cons of engaging with a software house. While you could hire an in-house team, if you need a solution which has an experienced team behind it, utilizing the collective skill of a software development house can help you reach that goal. In today's episode, we'll be addressing why you would or why you might choose not to outsource your product development. This is Savvy with Sparring, where we talk to founders, investors, and people in the startup ecosystem about entrepreneurship and getting a business off the ground. I'm Annabelle Pemberton, Legal Mind at Sparring, and I'll be guiding you through how business and law mesh together. We are experts in building software products for startups and corporates, uh, but our current focus is mostly on uh, startups. 90% of our clients are US startups, uh, some of them very high profile, which is something that, that makes us proud that we are able to achieve in quite a short time. Uh, just to give you an idea, one of our clients, for example, raised uh, $35 million after we, re- we released the product with them. Another product that we've been just releasing and we built completely from scratch, so everything uh, earned uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, dollars weekly right after the release. Uh, last update was that they, they, they earned hundred exactly $100,000 uh, per day. Before going into the pros and cons, what does engaging with a software house look like? You know, we are approached by a potential client or a client that would like to build a certain product or part of their software product. A full product could be a full, I don't know, web application or a marketplace or an e-commerce. They approach us with a problem. They know the outcome where would they like to get. So let's say build a web app application that their client will be able to use to predict case outcomes. And then we start exploring what are their business needs? Uh, what would they like the product to look like? What would they like the product to do? Uh, and after a few conversations and workshops, we are then able to build a product specification. And once we know what the product should have and how it should look like, we can then estimate how much time it will take and how many people, our employees will, will, will work on it. Uh, and then we can agree on how quickly the, 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 the client would like to release the product and uh, adapt the whole process so that we can, we can make it on time. How would this work in practice with building a marketplace, for example? Now, we made a whole solution from defining the MVP to deciding which feature should we build on and on which technologies. And again, this provided flexibility because, again, their core value as a business is not in the technology behind the marketplace, but uh, the marketplace, the brand, and the people of the marketplace uh, uh, that they were able to get there, the, 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 the best interior designers in the whole country. But still, the marketplace had to be built properly. Uh, so they hired us and they could then later downscale the team 
uh, while focusing on what really was driving their business. Another example could be a product that needs a particular feature and therefore needs those experience to implement it. Mm, I don't know, they were solving mm, payment solution. We already worked with Adyen and Stripe uh, and thus we, knew, uh, thus we knew how to do it quickly and what is the best solution. While this is how the process works at Pseudo Labs, what might other software houses do which startups should be aware of? So the difference would be that we keep full control and are responsible for our employees. So, in, for example, in reality, uh, we never lease you, let's say, three software engineers for a year for a fee. Uh, but we build your product or part of the product that you want us to build and we still keep control and oversee and manage the employees. So they are not the employees of our clients, they're our employees and through their wishes we are uh, of our clients, we are building the, the product. And this is very important because we also never lease any of our people from other agencies, right? So if we don't have enough capacity, we don't take the project because we want to have our, our, our employees that have been trained and that are being overseen by us. And this means that, and this allows us then to keep like full control of what's going on, quality control, uh, their education, etc. We know exactly who is work, working and building the products. Great. So with a software house, you can utilize a team that have already navigated building that product before and have the skills to ensure your success. But before cooperating, it is important to get appropriate agreements in place. While the documents you will want to sign and agree upon depend on the work that you're going to be doing, the most common agreements will be a non-disclosure agreement and a services agreement. You should make sure to sign the NDA or the non-disclosure agreement with the software house when discussing your idea with them to ensure that you can exercise control over your idea. A services agreement will be the contract governing your cooperation together. This agreement should contain the purpose of the agreement, terms for fees, the party's obligations, terms on liability, intellectual property assignment, confidentiality, data protection and standard terms such as the country of law the agreement is to be governed under. An outline of the work to be done by the software house should also be included under what can be called a statement of work. You need to find the right process. We always spend time with our clients team in the very beginning uh, of our relationship to build the relationship. You may feel that using an outsourced team to build your product is problematic from a communication standpoint. Here is how Yojo's team get around this issue and provide value through project and product management. And at the end of the day, we are you know, almost fully integrated, while, but we still keep full control of the team. Uh, but we communicate very regularly. So we have stand-ups with our clients. We organize feedback sessions with them. We even share, you know, Slack channels, etc. It's about always thinking and uh, discussing and rethinking what and how it should be built. This communication also extends to a consulting role in making sure the highest quality of product is created. We, for example, have very strong beliefs about how the product should be built and what, what will work the best uh, for the business because we are partners. So we are assertive, we are constantly rethinking and trying to challenge the client, whether this is truly what they want. And at the end of the day, this is what something that you would expect from your own senior software engineer in your company or a CTO. If project management is one benefit, utilizing previous experience and knowledge is another. Rarely in-house teams, especially if they're first-time founders, 
have uh, such a uh, such a big experience with building building products that 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 a good software house has it's higher it's very hard to hire such experienced people and again as we as i said before it's very hard to manage them properly especially if you're setting up a company we want to make sure that every single team in our company when they are building a new product they can profit from all the other projects and products that we have built in the past uh, and if you do that properly again through for example the knowledge sharing or senior um, senior mentoring you know one third of our people are have eight plus experience in software development then you can almost definitely build a better product than in-house teams you know a good software house has experience from several high profile projects or tens of high profile or hundreds of high profile projects uh, for example we work with people uh, from you know silicon valley la etc some of them are experienced founders who had several hundred plus millions million dollar exits or were part of the yc and if you build those products for such a successful founders then you acquire a lot a lot of expertise in several areas while having the experience is crucial, if you contract an external team, remember to include a testing period to allow you a chance to find any defects and have them remedied by the house if they do occur. How long this period should be should be agreed between you and the software house. If a defect is found within that time, the best practice is for the software house to fix the defect. How this process should work and any phase which arise should be included in your service agreement with the software house. When you need to upscale or downscale the project according to your needs, uh, it is very hard to do so with in-house people. The nature of the startup world means staying agile. Other than your core team members, you are likely to want to keep your team dynamic and flexible. You're releasing a project, technological project as a startup, and you realize you need to slow down because you need to, for example, research which features you actually want to build, or you have decided that you want to, the, the product that you wanted to build for a certain market, you want to build only um, a year from now. Now, if you hire the, the employees at the very beginning, now, what will you do with them? You either make them redundant or you, in, you let them in the company, but then you, in, you don't have enough work for them to so incur further unnecessary costs. Uh, but if you're working with a, with a software agency, you can simply, you know, uh, tell them, look, for the next half year, I don't, need, I don't need that many people. And then obviously it depends on your agreement, but it's still a lot easier to downscale the team uh, if you're working with a software agency. An advantage of working with a software house can therefore be the ability to scale up and scale down your team. Um, the same applies if you want to upscale the team. Let's say that you, you realize that, look, we need to release the product in half a year rather than a full year and already six developers are working for you in-house. Now, how are you going to find another six, right? If you want to, uh, to, uh, to, to build a product in half the time you, you originally assumed. In addition to not needing to manage the extra team, you can also benefit from saving costs associated with having full-time employees, such as the cost of co-working space. You know, every time when you are hiring your employees, you also incur additional expenses, you know, such as, you know, vacancies, skill endorsement expenses, workspaces, costs, etc., etc. It's not true when you are outsourcing it. Uh, and as I was saying before, you know, time uh, you spend on recruitment process, training the new employees and setting the right effective cooperation in the team, etc., so this is all reduced. If you are also building an extra arm to your existing product, working with a specialized team 
may just be the best option. Just be sure that the software house assigns the intellectual property in the product they have built for you to your company. This should be first outlined in the services agreement. Considering these benefits, what is an ideal use case that could use a software house? Yojo shares the journey they took with a data science platform. The tech behind the product that you are building or a particular feature of the product that you are building is not at the core of your expertise or your future value. Then after building the product, you are not going to need those people and the capacity for, for building it. And so it allows you that flexibility to focus on, on what is truly important for your business and not incur unnecessary overhead. Um, just to give you an idea, for example, a project that we were doing called Panoramic, which is a, a well-known, uh, just sold uh, platform used by analysts and marketers to answer some marketing questions. It's a huge data science platform. So they decided that they wanted to include a collaboration tool for their product such as uh, Dropbox, Paper, or Notion. Again, this was not part of their, of their expertise. They wanted their customers to be able to collaborate on, 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 on the, the marketing things they were solving in their companies. Um, and so they hired us, uh, hired four people for five months. So this was how much we, we, we used uh, 14 people and we were working for five months. Uh, again, the co co cooperation was successful. And again, just to show you the benefits in terms of the flexibility, their expertise and main value was not in data science, uh, not in building tools that would uh, was in data science and not in building tools that would allow their customers to collaborate. So if they were hiring, they would incur unnecessary overhead and, uh, and would need to find out what to do with the people they employed in the first place. Uh, plus, again, hiring would be hard uh, or they would not need to necessarily hire the right people for that. But again, the research would take a long time so that their current employee, employees would be able to do with that. Um, and in terms of the in terms of the quality, again, uh, we had rich experience with such technologies. The technology is actually it's called Rich Text Editor, and it's a very specific niche area. Um, and so we were able to deliver quicker and improve, even improve their, their code quality because they were trying to do it before. But um, given that there wasn't expertise in their team, they, they, it was hard for them to, uh, to do it. While Yojo has highlighted the positives of using a software house, there are also several reasons to consider an internal development team instead. The first reason for using an internal team is when the product is integral to your business. It is truly not the best idea for every project. And again, if, if your core value uh, of the business is in some very specific IP and expertise, then you don't want to outsource that. You want to keep building that in-house. But the other parts of the product or the whole product, if, if, uh, you, can, you can definitely outsource. So it depends really on the product that we are building. Secondly, you may find investors might have particular requirements about using an internal team instead of an external software house. There are certain investors who, and especially in Europe, who prefer to have all the teams or the whole team in-house. Uh, again, we are working with very, very experienced founders uh, that uh, build very experienced company, uh, very successful companies in the US, and those are happy to, to outsource it. So I think the main thing is to, to just understand truly when it is the good idea to outsource and what are the benefits and then just, you know, weigh pros and cons of doing that. 
Finally, working with a software house may be conditional for some teams if a non-compete needs to be in place. As Jojo points out, this isn't a market standard. I can imagine a situation where a client would like to sort of keep all the expertise that we acquired and would, would for example, like to uh, you know, uh, impose a non-compete clause on us. Um, it could happen, hasn't happened yet, and I don't think it's a standard in the industry. Um, at the end of the day, what we are doing is that we are, you know, selling our expertise in uh, in in building the the products uh, and the tech behind the products. So far, we have heard that software houses are good for specialized product development, project management in particular for growing non-core products. On the other hand, a development house might not be the best choice to develop your core product and may spark some more questioning from investors, especially if your whole technology stack is outsourced and you are a technology startup. However, if you are just developing part of your product with a software house, why might you still face issues? Yoja explains how some software houses have unfair policies, building software to prevent the startup working with anyone else. And this is called vendor lock-in. So many people have bad experience with software house because uh, software houses, because there are truly some low quality and non-serious software houses on the market. What they, for example, do is called vendor lock-in. So they build software in a way which is then impossible to be further developed or taken by by an in-house team or another software provider because they build it in a way uh, and the code is written in a bad quality and only essentially the people that were building the software understand the logic behind that, etc. Uh, but this is not our case and it is not also case for uh, of uh, uh, other successful software houses. You know, for example, the one in Prague, so STRB, they build uh, uh, products for Tinder or Boosted Board, etc., the main value of the software house should be that they deliver you a product that you can then easily work with. So the golden question, if Yojo could go back in time to build Quant again, would they use a software house? As I was a founder before, you know, we were predicting case outcomes using AI. If I was at the same place some time ago, I would probably hire a software agency to build the SaaS platform, uh, the, the web app that the clients uh, will be using, but I would not outsource uh, the algorithms and the AI behind behind our systems. So should you use a software house or not? I'll avoid saying it depends, but startups should consider how integral the product they are trying to build is to their actual business when choosing between a software house and employing an internal team. This might even mean, as Yoja explained, outsourcing some parts while internally developing others. If you do choose to outsource, remember to get contracts in place, as we discussed, to govern your relationship with the development house. You can find more information about contracting an external team on our Playbook website at playbook.sparring.io. Savvy with Sparring is created by Sparring, a legal and strategic service for tech visionaries.